0: Um, You can DIY it, do it yourself, the internet, YouTube, uh, it's really helped. I've, I've done and fixed a lot of things on my own that I would not have been able to fix. If it were not for getting on the internet, I think I, I, at one point the agitator in my uh, washer, of course I have a new one now, uh, the dishwasher had an issue at one point. So there are certain things you can do, but then there are some that you, you just, it takes not only training, but equipment the average person doesn't have. Epoxy flooring in your garage is one of these areas. There are so many people out there that try and DIY the garage floor because it is sold or a version of it is sold in a big box store. Just because it's sold in a big box store does not mean that it's the best way to go about it. I would argue you're not saving money doing it that way. You're wasting money doing it that way because you're not able to prep it the way garage experts does. You don't have the people who they do this every single day, day after day, after day, after day. For years, these people, these craftsmen have been working with garage experts and the level and quality of product that they have access to is not what's sold in the stores. So even if you're the most brilliant person in the world and you're very handy, you're just not going to be able to do For yourself, what it is that garage experts can do for you, you can find them under Nick's endorsements, KSGF.com. You ready for news? Can I do some am. News for Sarah Meyer's right. doing some news.
1: Well, I-44's westbound lanes have been closed due to a fiery truck crash near the 64-mile marker this morning. Uh, this is just east of Hood's truck stop. Traffic has been rerouted to 266 until the wreckage is cleared up. One eastbound lane of the interstate is also closed due to debris from the crash. A woman from Springfield has died after a crash near Crane on Sunday. The accident happened off Old Wire Road. Road when 51-year-old Michelle Myers ran off the road, hit several fence posts, and then overturned, Myers was pronounced dead at the scene. Two adults in the vehicle were transported to an area hospital with serious injuries, and a 9-year-old was also transported to a local hospital with moderate injuries. And Gypsy Blanchard, she has been granted parole and is scheduled to be released in December. Gypsy was sentenced to 10 years in prison, but has been granted early release. Gypsy's expected release date is December Twenty eighth, And that's the latest news.
0: First alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks. Home improvements, mostly sunny today with a high of 88. Clear 62 tonight, 85 tomorrow. Then things are going to cool off a bit Wednesday with showers and storms likely a high of 74. Thursday, a 50% chance of rain with a high of 71. Um, we're going to chat with Congressman Burleson here in just moments. I do want to go ahead and, and uh, jump to traffic just a couple of minutes early so that we are able to better manage the time with Congressman Burleson. And after that, traffic will just take 45 seconds and then continuing on. Springfield's Talk one oh four one, I am Nick Reed. American Transmissions Talk at text line 447 KSGF. Oh, I do want to remind you, we do have happy hour. That will be at Retro Metro 4 to 6 this Friday. We would love for you to come out. I do want to uh, start off our conversation with Congressman Burleson with a text message someone sent in noting that the Republicans are going after Eric Burleson just like they did Mel Hancock. Jeff City Cruz still curse Mel. For the Hancock Amendment and term limits, tell Eric that's a great banner to wave. Too bad other politicians aren't acting more like Mel. Uh, thanks for being with us. I know things have been busy up there with fires and in the Capitol and everything going on. Um, appreciate you being with us this morning. And <clears throat> I know there were there's just a lot of different developments occurring with the continuing revolution, uh, resolution. You were listed as uh, one of a number of Republicans that voted against the 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 um, uh, rest of the party um, on one of the votes so just give us a layout of everything that has developed, what's going on and where we stand
2: Hey, good morning Nick Good morning Um, So uh, you know as Congress every year uh, is in deficit spending Mm -hmm. uh, we're $33 trillion in debt and they can never get their act together And actually pass a budget. And even if they do pass it, it's not going to be balanced. But that being said, at least if you pass some budget, you would actually put pen to paper and decide where money is going to go in these different, different line items. But so for the past 20 plus years, almost 30 years, they have, no one has done that. And so what happens is every year, they claim they're going to do it then they get to September 30th and they all freak out and they say oh we if you if we just pass this continuing resolution to the end of thanks or end of November which is Thanksgiving then we'll just we will have enough time to actually do our bills okay guess what happens at the end of, of November when everybody wants to go for Thanksgiving they they go well. We just need one more month, yeah. so we pass another CR that gets this to Christmas. And then when by the when everybody wants to go home for Christmas, and there's this huge, you know, crisis looming, then the then the Senate leadership and the House leadership get together and they drop the bill that they've been holding on to all year anyway, which is the continuing resolution, omnibus spending bill. Last year they passed it, if you remember, under lame-dunk a bunch of senators and, and, and the Democrats, they passed a $1.7 trillion um, discretionary spending bill for this fiscal year. So to give, put that in perspective, we are $2 trillion every year over, over budget, over how much we're bringing in. So and these guys spent. Um, so they've got to cut that discretionary spending down. And so this year, the promise was made. Oh, we're, this is going to be a different year. We're going to do the twelve appropriation bills. And I think, and I think the appropriators actually started down the process. From all indications, things were different this year, and people things were moving, but. Here at the very, we didn't make it. We passed of the twelve, we've passed five. I'm sorry, we passed four. Uh, the fifth bill, which was the ag bill or the, uh, the the agriculture appropriation bill, it failed on the floor, and it failed because moderate Republicans, Republicans that are from like Iowa, um, that area mm-hmm. from uh, from the ag community districts banded together because they didn't want to cut some of the ag appropriations too much. Well, if you're going to even start getting towards a road of fiscal sanity, you're going to have to make some cuts. Right. And these were very modest cuts to, to ag appropriations. And so we had agreed to a top line number of discretionary spending for this year of $1.471 trillion. That is you know, while that's still deficit spending, at least it's a cut from the $1.7 trillion that we spent last year, a significant cut. And if we can pull that off, it'd be the first time I think ever in the history of Congress that we've passed an appropriations that are less than the the previous year. So I, I, I will give McCarthy credit that he set that number, we agreed to that number, and he set that, and he's been trying to drive the appropriators to that level. He, it's just, it's at a place where he cannot, we could not get moderates to agree, and it has stalled, some of, it's stalled the rest of these bills. Now, do you want me to keep going? Yeah, please do. Break? So <clears throat> what happened last week is they came to us and said, we need, we need more time. The government's going to shut down. And as a member of Congress, I'm seeing the fact that we, there, there's daylight at the end of this. And if I and it, under the pressure of a shutdown, these moderates are under more pressure than me. You know, our district, half the people, I, I mean, the emails we're getting is overwhelming. People say, shut the thing down because if, the attitude is, oh, you mean that government that's trying to send – Patriots to jail right. or the government that's trying to imprison Donald Trump or the government that wants to investigate me and, and hire 87,000 new IRS agents. Are you kidding? Shut that thing down. That's what I'm hearing from the district. And so I, I have less uh, stress. I will say safely to say than a lot of the moderates. And I think that th- the truth is no one is going to do anything in Washington, DC until they feel the heat and the pressure And I was okay going in or felt more comfortable than most going into a shutdown, knowing that it would put an impetus on moderates to come to the table and agree to the spending cuts and pass the appropriation bills. Because if they came to the conclusion, the only way out of this is actually pass the appropriation bills and we're not going to pass a CR. I felt like they would have to pass the appropriation bills at the cuts. And so that's why I voted against uh, those. I also voted against it just on principle. I'm not going to participate in this sham, you know, process of that everybody knows is a sham. And so, but I will say, I think that the rhetoric against McCarthy, some of that is not, is not, uh, it's not as direct, if that makes sense. And I'll say as evidence for that, for example, they have decided leadership changed the calendar and said that we are not going on October recess or October break. So like this week I would normally be in district in meetings Mm -hmm. and next week in district in meetings, McCarthy and Scalise have said, we want to pass these appropriation bills and, and we have, we want to make a commitment to doing that. And that, and, and in doing so, they're keeping us here until they're done. And that's the pressure that they're trying to apply to the rest of the conference to actually pass the bills.
0: I think it was uh, two weeks ago, I believe, that ABC News, Washington Post revealed their polling. And they focused largely on that 10-point lead that Trump had over Biden. But I I went through the polling and I found in there where they had asked uh, voters whom it is that they were blaming for a potential shutdown. And they also had the history of that question all the way back to the Clinton years. And every single time that that question was asked, a either majority or a plurality of voters were blaming the Republicans, whether they were in the White House or in Congress. This time, however, it was different and a significant, I forget the exact numbers, but it was a significant more, it was a plurality of voters said that they blame Biden and the Democrats if there's a shutdown, which was a, that was unheard of in the polling. And so on one hand, you'd think, well, that is great news because Republicans have long used that as a rationale for staying away from a government shutdown. Well, we might lose power. And it has You know, formulated this this belief that the Republican Party has cowards at the helm and they're always afraid of just losing. But given this shift and the fact that we are still dealing with some of these problems, I wonder if some of the Republicans actually are fine with the additional spending. They are fine with the deficits, but they have instead pretended as if they were afraid of losing power because that seemed like the lesser sin of the two. Any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah no, I, I have been shocked at how I mean, I, it was this way the Missouri legislature as well. You had people that just want not like to spend other people's money, but it, it is worse, I think, in Congress, in, on the federal level. It, there's very few people that actually want to cut the federal spending. And, and those few people, they, you know, when, when we're in conference. That's when it comes out. That's when members will go to right. the mic and and complain about the cuts. And, um, and I mean, we had one member earlier come to the mic and, and complain about eliminating earmarks because that's how he planned to get reelected. And his district was bring home, you know, a library or right. whatever. Well, that's encouraging.
0: Yeah. Um, so I want to, if it's all right, just take about a 90 second break. And then a couple of the questions I want to ask about this challenge that Matt Gates is talking about with McCarthy. And then also... Uh, this congressman bowman pulling the fire alarm and of course the absurd justifications that have been provided by democrats essentially that well he's just an idiot and he was confused he thought fire alarms actually opened doors so we'll have those questions and then anything else with congressman burleson coming up here in just about 90 seconds springfield's talk 1041. i i'm nick reed you're listening to nick reed in the morning on springfield's talk 1041. <laughs> Congressman Eric Burleson is with us um, within all of the discussion regarding continuing resolutions and, and budgets. You have Matt Gates, who uh, was really one of the last, if I recall correctly, holdouts or holdups of McCarthy getting the speakership in, in the first place. And one of the. Um, uh, Requirements, I suppose, for uh, McCarthy to get support of a number of Republicans was taking things back to the way they were pre-Pelosi, where it only took one member of Congress to call for, um, uh, you know, uh, what do they call the chair? I think is what it's called when there is a call to have Mm -hmm. a new vote for speaker. Yeah, it's a motion to vacate. Yeah, motion to vacate, which was presented as this extreme deal, but if I remember correctly, that's how it was prior to Pelosi. She raised the threshold. Some Republicans mm-hmm. uh had had wanted it to go back to the way it was pre Pelosi and, and it did. And now he's talking about invoking that. It's interesting because um he is, as I understand it, saying, well, if McCarthy does stay in power, it's only going to be because Democrats help support him. And McCarthy's position is, well, the only way I'm going to be voted out of power is if Democrats side with Matt Gates on this. So you have both sides sort of positioning the other as aligned with Democrats. It, 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 what's the talk on this? Is it seen as anything other than just sort of an additional headache, or uh, is there concern beyond that?
2: So I, I have a different, I have a unique perspective yeah because because while I'm a member of Freedom Caucus and I I vote with them almost every time, half of Freedom Caucus is with me. They voted for McCarthy from the beginning and probably 40% or less were part of the 20, including other people that were not Freedom Caucus that were part of the 20 that didn't support McCarthy, okay? Now, the reason that you have people like myself is that McCarthy had promised and already had taken action to propose rule changes that accommodated 95% of what we conservatives were asking for in the rule changes. And to me, going after the other five is not, wasn't worth um, animating Mm -hmm. and causing them to flip on us, on us conservatives. But that's where Gates and, and that group were at. Now they were able to get the other 5%. <clears throat> and they were able to get uh, agreements. I wasn't in that that room, and I don't know, but what, what those agreements were between McCarthy and those twenty. But what I with what I've heard that they include are that we were going to pass the, um, we were going to bring up a term limits bill. We were going to bring up a, uh, a balanced budget amendment. Okay, and that we were going to pass the twelve. Um, um, appropriation bills independently. Now, I would say the, the, uh, those are the three things that have not been achieved yet. And having knowing what's going on in the inner workings, I can't point the finger at McCarthy and say it's his fault. If anything, I'm seeing that he's pushing for those things to be done because he's trying to meet his obligations. It, it's moderates within our conference that are that are holding things up in committee. And so it's, it's kind of this catch 22. Now we're kind of asking, well, you're the speaker. Can you not wield the power and force this through? And uh, I think that there is enough pressure. There's pressure on him to do that, which is why I think that he's taking actions like he is right now, which is why we, I'm going back here in two hours. I'm taking a flight here in an hour and a half back to DC because we're all supposed to be working. So I think that he's using what tools that he can to achieve those without without directly threatening and, and um, going, going crazy. So he's, so he's trying to finesse this
0: in, in order to, your assessment is he's trying to finesse things so that he is able to deliver on those promises made? I, yeah, I think okay. so. I, that's my my input. Now, Uh,
2: If we get to here, here's what I'll say, Nick, if we get to the end of these 45 days and the appropriation bill, the rest of the appropriation bills have not been moving and McCarthy is not really taking any kind of action to get them to the floor and get them out. Then at that point in time, for me, that's when you would start thinking, okay, should we look for a new leadership? Because, because I, I, the actions that I'm seeing that he's taking Tell me that he is attempting to try to meet meet the meet um,
0: his obligations. I want to ask you we're talking with congressman Burleson this representative Jamal Bauman, Democrat New York uh, in the midst of all this uh, the fire alarm goes off, and it it seemed as if the initial explanation was well he didn't know like that well the doors have the alarms on them but then and that he accidentally set that off but then there's surveillance that shows him actually pulling the actual alarm the position is well he was confused evidently he thought that's how you open door nobody buys it everyone knows it's not true right. i think under normal yeah. circumstances for the average Americans, they would see this as, oh, that guy's kind of an idiot, but, you know, hey, what are you going to do? Given that there are people that are still being prosecuted to this day and put in jail yeah. because they disrupted government's role uh in in you know carrying out its duties and here is somebody that did just that violating the law in order to do so and so there are a lot of Americans that who I think otherwise would not think that much of it that are like this person needs to be held if Americans go to prison for this sort of thing this guy should face some real serious repercussions. What what's the talk? And has there been oh. any sort of talk about why he actually did this? Was it to try to make a shutdown occur due to a lack of a vote? What what's the belief?
2: Yeah. So what happened is when when they when when McCarthy brought to the floor in order to, to what he thought and it, and it worked to jam the Democrats and to jam the Senate was to give them a, a clean CR for, for, for just for 45 days that funded the, um, but also funded Hawaii and the disaster in Hawaii, okay? By, by then offering that to them, it put them in a box. And you could tell that morning when, when they made that proposal on the floor and that came up, the Democrats were all circling together in a frenzy they didn't know what to do. They knew they were boxed out. They knew they couldn't vote against it. And so, but they also, they wanted, the truth is, Nick, they wanted a, a government shutdown. Yeah. The people that wanted to shut down more than anyone were the Democrats because they wanted to place blame on Republicans. But, but and so, whenever this was presented, they didn't know what to do. They needed time. So they started using stall tactics on the floor. Like they would send one person up with a car devoted at a time while the rest of them were all conferencing. And at that time is when this guy pulled the fire alarm. It has for him to say that he pulled it, um, you know, because he couldn't figure out a way to get out of the building. Well, that door, that door is closed most of the time. And so he, he the guy, if he goes in and out of that door on any regular basis, he should know that it's going to be closed. I think it was done deliberately. So
0: is there talk or belief or speculation that – because you could have two scenarios. This was totally rogue. He's like, oh, I got an idea. Or – this was more than one person concocted this idea and he's either the one who volunteered to do it or he was appointed to be the one to do it is is there any speculation in that
2: well it's, it's such a juvenile and asinine idea that i can only i mean you could only it, it, it's got to be one person it's got to be just him because mm-hmm. if you if you would bring up that idea and try to like even talk it through with anyone else Somebody has to have a sane mind. I don't know. That's a bad
0: idea. I don't know. You would think. (laughs) You would think. Well, like I said, you know, there are Americans who are sitting in prison today because they were uh, arrested and convicted of doing what he did. And that is uh, he one, He he violated a law here in order to prevent government essentially to shut the government down, uh, to to completely shut it down or, you know, the. Partial shutdown, nonetheless, and and yeah. uh, normally pre January sixth, people might just see it as another insane tactic by Democrats. But now, what it is is once again on full display the two tier justice system we have. And I think for that reason, it, it just you know is something that Americans are going to want to see. That individual held accountable to the same degree that any other American. I agree. Yeah, would be, uh, Congressman Burleson. Agree. Yeah, it, it's always a pleasure. Uh, appreciate you being with us, and uh, keep. And say, yeah, if, I,
2: if I have any extra time, I'll just say yeah. as we approach this McCarthy, if there, if this does come to the floor, the calculation for me, so people understand, is that is 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 there someone waiting in the wings that's more conservative or will be more friendly right. to conservatives? And I have yet to see that there's Got somebody it. that can that is that way. And right. so that's I just want everybody to understand. Um, I've seen like John Boehner, Paul Ryan, they were hostile to Freedom Caucus, mm-hmm. hostile to conservatives. And and so at least McCarthy has been friendly, if not helpful, right. to to conservatives.
0: All right, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you, Nick. All right. Have a great one. Congressman Burleson there. Springfield's Talk 1041. i I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk One O First alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sponsored by Navant. Employee benefits that work. Mostly sunny 88 today, 85 tomorrow, and then things cooling off Wednesday with showers and storms likely. A High of 74 Thursday, a 50% chance for rain, a high of 71. Sarah Myers. Thank
1: you. Well, I saw Josh with the uh, Pyramid Roofing Company on Friday, and one of the things that he mentioned was that a couple weeks ago, we had those pretty severe storms move through the area, especially in the northern listening portion of uh, KSGF, and um, a lot of hail damage and a lot of wind damage. So if you are in those areas, Clinton, Bolivar, and you are thinking, you know it might be a good time to go ahead and scout that free roof inspection with the pyramid roofing company they are happy to help you they'll come out they'll do that inspection for you they'll take tons of photos and videos to show you exactly what is going on with your roof and then they will work through a plan with you maybe you are in a situation where you don't need to do um, a whole new roof maybe you need just a simple roof repair either way the pyramid roofing company they are going to be upfront and honest with you and they'll let you know exactly what needs to be done and so whenever those storms move through uh, on Wednesday you'll feel a little bit bit of a a peace of mind knowing that the pyramid roofing company has got you all taken care of now you can give josh and his team a call today and you can find all of that contact information under the sarah's endorsements tab at ksgf.com
0: well as expected newsom california made the appointment to replace diane feinstein and he picked the gal who is head or was head of uh, Emily's List, a very adamant, militant, almost pro-abortion organization, Lafonza Butler. And I noted we would hear the word historic thrown around a lot, Office of uh, Governor of California, noting a trusted advisor to Vice President Harris and leader of the nation's largest organization dedicated to electing women. Butler will make history. Is will make history. Here we're making history as the first black lesbian to openly serve in Congress. So maybe there were some uh, black women serving before who were closeted lesbians. That's what's being suggested here, perhaps. So we get treated to the historic first. Already, however, questions are being asked as to whether or not she even resides in California. There are a number of reasons that people are questioning this, all of which are totally and completely legitimate. One of those reasons is based off of the um, uh, filings from Emily's list that list her home as being in Maryland, FEC filings from the organization have Lafona or uh LaFonza Butler's residence at Silver Springs, Maryland as recently as thirty-one days ago. Emily's list immediately upon this news being revealed scrubbed that from any information that they had available, so that covering it up. Newsom's office confirms she moved to D.C. area for Emily's list, but claim that she is a homeowner in California and will re-register to vote in California because apparently she's not even registered to vote in California. Her announcement that was put out on social media which she lists herself as mother, partner, believer, organizer, president of Emily's List, previously Kamala Harris, hashtag elect women, Union Strong. And, of course, on, um, on Twitter, your main location is listed as you know where you work, where it is that uh, you have yourself pegged as a resident, and it says Maryland. So even on her own social media, she had listed at the time of the announcement that she lived in Maryland. So you've got this appointment of a woman who's not registered to vote in California. Who on FEC filing paperwork lists herself as living in Maryland. And her social media tags her as posting for Maryland. But she's safe because anyone who questions the eligibility or even the fact that really you can't find a california resident in all of california you could not find one black lesbian if if in fact you know that was some sort of requirement That you couldn't find one in California. You had to go all the way to the other side of the country. Anyone who questions that, of course, will be racist and homophobic. Really says a lot about California that there isn't one viable person that actually, apparently, truly resides in California, votes in California. Uh, It will be interesting to see, is this where she's paying taxes? Because what they're going to do, I can guarantee you, is, maybe, oh, no, she lives there. She just hasn't changed all that stuff over yet. Okay. Does she have a California driver's license? Does she have anything that that uh, signifies or designates her as being somebody who actually resides in California? Or is the the check marks so significant and so important being, Uh, special category black, special category lesbian, that that overrides the need to actually even be a California resident. Coming up, RFK Jr. to exit Democrat primary run as an independent. There appears to be great debate over whether this is good for Trump or good for Biden. There are a number of conservatives that are saying this will throw the election. This third-party candidate will do harm to Trump. The reason they give, I don't agree with, and I want to share that. Now, I'm not saying that they're wrong, but I I don't believe that they're right, if that makes sense. I'm not saying that I know that they're wrong, but the reason they give, I don't buy. I'll explain it coming up. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. Happy hour coming up Friday, Retro Metro 4 to 6. The following video announcement hosted by RFK Jr.
3: Hi, everybody. I'm going to be in Philadelphia on October 9th to make a major announcement at the very birthplace of our nation. I'm not going to tell you right now exactly what that announcement will be. I can say, though... But if you've been waiting to come to one of my public events, this will be the one to come to. I'll be speaking about a sea change in American politics and what your part and my part is in that change. A lot of Americans who had previously given up any hope that real change would ever come through the American electoral process have begun to find new hope in my candidacy. And I understand the deeply felt concern that people have about the way corruption has overtaken our government. It's in the executive branch, it's in Congress, it's in the leadership of both political parties. And so some people feel a kind of cynicism alongside the hope, or they lose hope entirely because they've been disappointed so many times. I wanna tell you now what I've come to understand after six months of campaigning. There is a path to victory. The hope we are feeling isn't some kind of trick of the mind. We all recognize that There's a genuine possibility of national transformation and its source is the goodness of the American people. Our government may be crooked, but our people are kind, brave and caring. That goodness is stronger than the divisions that are keeping us all apart. I see it every day on the campaign trail and the more I see it, the more I trust it, and the more I trust it, the more the path to victory becomes visible. So how are we going to win against the established Washington interests? It's not through playing the game by the corrupt rules that the corrupt powers and the vested interests have rigged to keep us all in their fall. Instead, we're going to have to rewrite the assumptions and change the habits of American politics. We're going to tap into a mighty surge of people power claim an honest, peaceful, just, and prosperous America. So I am inviting you to join me in Philadelphia on October 9th. There I'll share with you our path to the White House and how we can all participate in healing our nation.
0: All right, there's RFK Jr. who's been running as a Democrat. And of course, the, the Democratic National Committee, they have been attempting to alter the timeline of Uh, Some of the primary slash caucuses in order to try and help Biden, they have refused to even consider having any sort of debates in which someone like RFK Jr. could uh, speak. Networks have been criticized for even having discussions with him. Now, there are some conservatives and Republicans who uh, say that this is bad for Republicans. This is bad for Trump, because when the question comes about, who's this going to hurt? You have some that, that believe, well, this is going to hurt Democrats because he is a Democrat and he is running as an independent, not because he's necessarily ideologically not a Democrat, but because, as he's laid out here, the game is rigged. And so this is the most viable path to the White House. You have Republicans, some, arguing that, no, this is going to hurt him. Or this is going to hurt Trump, rather. This is going to hurt Republicans. Red State has a piece. RFK Jr.'s Independent Run is Why Republicans Lose. And the reason, and thus far it is the sole reason that I have come across that is used, uh, or that that is cause for some Republicans to believe that he's going to draw votes away from Trump, not away from Biden, if it is a Trumpy Biden. And it's the fact when there's polling done, uh, RFK Jr. is well-liked by Republicans, but disliked by Democrats. They write that the plan to run as an independent is not good news for Republicans and there's empirical evidence to back it up. According to the latest polling, RFK Jr. enjoys a very high approval rating among Republicans while he's extremely disliked by Democrats. And there are a couple of different polling outfits that show this, but this is what, and here's why I don't believe that, though I could be wrong, it is going to result in doing more harm to Republicans and Democrats, because the question that has been asked and this, there's been a couple of polls, do you have a favorable or an unfavorable view of RFK jr? And it does show that Republicans like him more than Democrats. Democrats don't like him at all. If I were asked this question and I know I'm going to differ from some people, if I were asked, do you have a favorable view of him? I've, there's a very good chance that I would say yes. But I'm not going to vote for the guy for president. I have a favorable view of him, and it's all, it's all context. In the context that he is a Democrat that actually is willing to have discussions. He is a Democrat that doesn't just simply say, you're a racist or you're a homophobe. And though he has at times said things that are, I'm, I'm, he's a, he is a lefty. But in a day and an age where you can't even sit down and have a conversation with elected Democrats without them defaulting to "you're a racist," "you hate the planet," "you're a homophobe," you know, all of it, it's just the same stuff. It's exhausting and it's juvenile. And RFK Jr. has demonstrated as of late that he'll sit down and and he, he'll he will sit down with people that he knows disagree with him, and he will give his his perspective on things things that are oftentimes very unpopular that makes me like him it makes me like him for that but not as president and i suspect frankly that just emotionally speaking that when republicans are polled one of the reasons that they like him is because democrats can't stand him you know that, that's that's why they like him for the reasons that democrats don't and that's because he doesn't fall lockstep in with anything and everything the party says he doesn't Change his beliefs based off what Republicans believe, which is what the Democrat Party has done when it comes to girls in sports and being forced to compete against boys when it comes to mutilating young children, when it comes to border issues, you know. Democrats and Republicans used to all be on the same page with one another on this. But then Democrats began taking the absurd position because they say Republicans are bad. So that means we have to be on the other side of this issue. And 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 RFK Jr. hasn't done that. So ultimately, my point is these polls that I've seen have not been asking, would you vote for RFK Jr. for president? If, if that's what the polls were asking that are referenced here in this opinion piece, and you did have a strong number of Republicans that said, oh, yes, I would, that would be a much different scenario. But that's not what these polling questions are asking. They have asked, do you like him? And again, not every Republican clearly is going to say they do. If I were asked that question, I'd probably say, yeah, I kind of like the guy. But again, It does not mean I'm going to vote for him for president of the United States. So I I, I don't know that those fears based off that polling are really grounded in what people who are Republicans are actually saying when they're asked that question. But I could be wrong. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. Sarah Myers.
1: Thank you. Well, I took a trip down to Quick Draw Gun in Monette on Saturday because Brad and his team, they were hosting a grand reopening of their shop. Now, they have been doing a lot of renovating and they have actually made their shop a lot bigger. And so that's why they hosted that. And it was amazing. The event was crazy busy and it was so happy to meet so many of you. Now, if you didn't have a chance to make it down there, I still recommend that you take a trip down to Quick Draw Gun. They can help you out with coding services, laser engraving. If you are needing to uh, stock up on ammo, if you are a person who likes to hunt, right now is a good time to do that. Or if you are looking for that special someone, a Christmas gift, and you're not exactly sure where to st- start, Quick Draw Gun in Monette is a good place to start for that. Now, you can find all of their contact information under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com.
0: Watchdog alleges Virginia Democrat filmed sexual interactions with host hotel staff without consent. Oh, now this is the, the the candidate that made news a few weeks ago because she was selling sexual displays on the Internet and, and asking for money, which was going to her campaign when this particular site that she was on. Uh, That she, in fact, got booted from it because you're not allowed to ask for money. And the, the the position that she was taking was that she was the victim of revenge porn because this information was put out there by Republicans. Well, it was out there. I mean, she put it out there. And uh, was trying to make money off it. Well, now, according to the American Accountability Foundation, they say that Gibson and her husband violated Virginia law by exposing themselves to hotel staff and filming and interacting with hotel staff in some of these videos without their consent. So that certainly does step things up quite a bit, if in fact that is the case. And of course, pretty interesting given that she tried to play the victim at some point and now they're being accused of filming people in these videos without their consent. Uh, Glenn Beck's coming up next. Talk to you tomorrow.